Mike's Video Game Podcast. I miss you, Mike. Welcome to Mike's Video Game Podcast. I'm Mike Gag. And I'm Mike Wu. And uh, this is, well, I, don't, I should have looked up what episode this is before we even started. We did a Baker's Dozen already. We did a Baker's Dozen. It's been too long. We've, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling it up now. Uh, yeah. Because well, it, we had... we've been, we've way missed the uh, the <laughs> two week mark. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> we said we were, we were going to, we were, yeah, we were going to have a break because um, I was moving and you were traveling. Um and then we were planning on doing an E3 episode, but that came and went. And here we are <laughs> in a post-Pokemon uh, Go world. Uh, episode 16. Okay. So there we go. So that's what we're on now. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pretend like I knew that all along. <laughs> the but, worst uh, yes. podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it leaves a little bit to be desired, but what are you going to do? <laughs> so, yeah, so you have now moved. I didn't think it would happen. Uh <laughs> All yep. stealthy, like you moved while I wasn't around, so I couldn't stop you. Right, and we never did a going away at sixteen bit uh, arcade or anything like that. So I'll have to come back to. We Cleveland never did sometime. exactly. Post, we never did any of that. Yeah, a post RNC Cleveland. Um, if the city still stands after this week, I'll come back for a visit. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see. <laughs> that's uh, that's a bit nuts right now. So yeah, who knows. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, none of that crazy fun stuff. But uh, you know, I'm gonna see you on Wednesday, so That's in right. two days I'll be coming to Seattle. So it's not uh, we really, you know, could have just done this then. But yeah, <laughs> it's fun to tr- test yeah. out our equipment and yes. try this new. It, it gave me motivation to actually out. set up my my um, desk here. It's a desk big enough ah, for a laptop, and that's it. But um, I finally have it up and running. Up until now, I haven't had a computer; just been using my phone. What? Yeah. That's just crazy. All this time, I've just been on a kayak or throwing um, crab pots off a pier. That's what I've been doing since (laughs) you last saw me. Just just a kayaking fool. Yeah, I'm just an old (laughs) retired fool here in uh, uh, western Washington. Fair enough. So so you had kind of said it earlier. So we're talking about Pokemon Go. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it feels like everyone is, so why not us? Have you played it? Uh, I have watched my wife play it obsessively, um, and and that maybe that's an exaggeration, but to me it seems obsessively. She swears that she was only going to install it out of general curiosity, but it's uh-huh. now to the point where she keeps saying, oh, oh, don't stop your driving, but you went so fast that I couldn't catch that Pokemon. <laughs> or, uh, or we'll go for extra long walks with the dogs to the point where they're dragging their tails and they're panting uh, because there's another Pokestop, you know, at an old fire station or something nearby. So um, so you do, in fact, have to catch them all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so she's, she's Poke-obsessed, I think, Poke-cessed, or I don't know, probably some term for that. So how come you haven't played? I'm curious. Oh, because I am uh, Clash Royale obsessed. Ah, I see. Are you still playing that? I I am not. I I, I got really into Clash Royale for a a period, and then it kind of became one of those, it's less about your strategy and more about your matchup. Uh Uh-huh. And it was just like, all right, so there are some matchups you're definitely going to win, some matchups you're definitely not or you're gonna just play ten straight games of a draw. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so that ended up being, yeah, that's kind of where I stopped playing it. But uh, you know, a lot of people I work with still play it quite a bit. But I, it sort of lost its glamour for me, and I've sort of been in a, a video game void haze uh, 
Um, I picked up a, a DS and I started playing Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby with my boys. Uh, you know, and it's funny because I'd never played, really, I've played Pokemon before, I never really liked it. Um, I always like more violence in my games, I think I've said that before. Uh, but now that I have the younger kids, you know, they're really into it, so that makes it more fun for me. So then the Pokemon Go became a natural extension of that. But uh, but no, besides that, I haven't really been playing, you know what, that's not true. Uh, I have not been playing Clash Royale or whatever, but I have been playing this game called uh, Magic Rush Heroes. And the reason I've been playing this game so much is... It is like every game ever combined into one okay. mobile game. <laughs> so there's tower defense, there's resource management, there's like active combat, there's PvP, there's like research, there's like farming. There, I mean, it's literally like the game has all these modules and each module is in and of itself its own classic game genre. Uh-huh. And so, like, it has, like, every game in it. So there's just tons of crap to do. So say the name again and the platform that you're playing it on. Uh, Magic Ro- Wait, it sounds like I'm being paid to do this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Magic, uh, uh, Magic, no, Magic Rush Heroes. Magic uh, Rush and I'm playing Heroes. on Android. So, oh, okay. you know, so it's a phone. a lot. It's, so I like the okay. mobile games. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. The mo- I like the mobile games anymore while I'm traveling. I can't. Travel with a right. console, and, no, yeah. or I don't have a game in last. Same with me. So. It's like when we were doing our road trip across the country. That's when I got into Clash. It was just like it's so easy. It's it's right there, and as long as I still have my connection, I can still play a mm-hmm. match or keep up with the clan and and whatnot. For me, what the yeah. the um, the attraction is, I, I ended up in a in a fun clan. There's like ten guys or so that are regularly on there, you know, just um, ripping on each other and having a good time. So. I, that's why I'm playing that game. Uh, otherwise, I have not discovered anything new. Like I, like I said, I didn't, I didn't have my computer hooked up. I did play a few matches of StarCraft to check out their um, new matchmaking system that just came out last week uh, on the 13th, mm-hmm. I think. So uh, their ladders improved and they reveal more of the uh, the behind the scene numbers for you. So um, I, oh, cool. uh, I got promoted to the platinum league, so that means I'm, I'm mediocre. Um, but hey. Not bad for an old guy. <laughs> I like that platinum is mediocre. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's right. a lot of tiers above that. Trust me, I'm a I'm a level uh, t- tier two platinum. In their I couldn't system. get out of bronze, so bronze is the bottom four <laughs> percent. Oh yeah, I'm bad, dude. I'm just so bad. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad to see that uh, you're finally allowed to play again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so. You know, one of the I guess we we had decided our topic was Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. and so far we've kind of talked about anything. But but uh, um, one of the more interesting things that we're seeing, and a lot of people have called this out, so this is not a unique observation. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the there's basically the kind of general gamer understanding that hey, look, pe- people are going outside and socializing. This is so good, kumbaya. This is great, and it feels a lot like the journalism is just like, all right, what can we say bad about this? Like what, how can we spin this negatively? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been sort of interesting. And I'm not saying that, 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 you know, that's, that's all journalists and all journalism. And it's really probably such a small percent, but it just feels like so many people are just waiting to sort of be like, all right, but let me tell you what's bad about this. Uh, and I find that to be uh, kind of interesting. It's kind of one of those stark contrasts. Cause normally Normally, a topic, uh, a game, a fad, an interest, whatever, has a lot of variance of opinions. You can sort of be negative and people don't really notice it. But with the overwhelming amount of people just kind of being positive about this game, 
when people are just being overtly negative, it stands out pretty strongly and it kind of makes you think like, why? Well, what's happening here? Um, have you noticed that at all? N- not on my end. Like um, most of my news about the game are coming from my Facebook wall where it's like I swear mm-hmm. every third post is someone posting something funny about their experience with Pokemon Go. And these are adults. So, like I don't have kids um, or um, even young adults on my Facebook wall. So it, these are full-grown uh, yeah. adults talking about Pokemon Go or going to Pokemon meetups. Um, I do see the occasional, oh, look at this weird thing that happened to somebody playing Pokemon Go, like the two teenagers in Orlando who were shot at by um, a grumpy old man who thought, you know, what could two kids uh, be doing late at night outside in our neighborhood but uh, investigating yards to find an empty house to rob or something like that. turns out they were just uh, hunting a Pokemon. Um that's like the most negative thing <laughs> I saw. Um, uh, fair enough. Yeah, so, I mean, you see uh, so some of the articles. I started looking specifically for negative articles because uh-huh. I was curious how much there were, right? And a lot of the, I mean, a lot of the negativity of the articles kind of revolve around the same thing. It's like, look, this is an umbrella with which strangers can come up and talk to you. Uh-huh. Uh, so one article was a, a female tech journalist was saying like, Oh my God! All these all these strange men keep coming up and talk to me. I'm obviously not interested in talking to them. I wish all these gamer folks would just go back inside and leave the rest of us normal folks alone. Was one of them. That that got a lot of negativity to it. Uh, but then they're just like, oh, watch your kids. Strangers will come up and talk to them uh-huh. about Pokemon, and all of a sudden they're gonna abduct your kids, or uh, you know, or people are you know, pe- there've already been so many false. Uh, reports of uh, people being hit by cars while playing Pokemon Go. To my knowledge, that has not happened yet. Most of them are are faked. Um, so stuff like that. It's just kind of interesting that you know that they're. they're I mean, you get it. It's it's shock titles, right? right? It's oh hey, I'm gonna. This is gonna get a lot of people to look at my article and thus see my advertisements and thus make right. me a lot of money. But there's also so I'm gonna write. There's also um, I think just a conservative. To be conservative, people like, hey, there's this new thing. It is something you do in the outside world. What are the unintended consequences that we should be thinking sure. about? Now, of course, a lot of it is like, well, yeah, I guess you could get hit by a car, but most people aren't going to get hit by a car. Um Right, and, and like I, I'm a bit biased because yeah. I play the game a lot, right? And so I, I, I realize it's probably not fair for me to be like, oh, it's this perfect thing and they just need to stop yeah. being negative. But it, it's interesting just how many different – Angles of negativity without any real supporting, you know, you know I, I, it's just news being news, I suppose. Yeah, what I will say is interesting about the negativity that you're describing is that, um, is it similar to the kind of negativity we see with other um, real world uh, large scale applications like maybe uh, Apple iOS Maps? Remember that? when their mapping system first came out and the directions yeah. were so bad that if you followed them and they were incorrect, you could end up in the water. You know, like there were stories of people have dr- driving right off the edge of a dock um, because they were just looking at the directions. And they didn't realize that uh, they were incorrect or a couple that got stranded in the middle of a desert, um, you know, 50 miles out, they lost signal. They had no idea how to get back, you know, that things like that until the maps got uh, fixed. So I remember negativity. That's a little bit different, though, because, I mean, that's just generally faulty software and utility software Uh as opposed to, 
uh, most of the negativity that I've seen, I mean, obviously there's a lot of negativity about the servers and stuff like that because yeah. they haven't been great. Yeah. But most of the negativity is about factors external to the product. Oh, I mean, um, like, I don't want to socialize with these people that are now out in the world. Yeah, mobile. exactly, exactly. People should leave me alone. People are getting in fights. Mm-hmm. And, or it's like, oh, man, all, this, all these, you know, where are all the mature adults? We don't have time to be doing this. And, you know, just kind of general <laughs> persnicketiness, I suppose. Uh, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I'm biased anyway, but it, it was kind of one of those things where it's starkly contrasted against, you know, what you're used to seeing as yeah. far as uh, journalism for games and, you know, and, and, and I will be completely fair. Most of the, the articles, most of the uh, reports, videos that had a more negative connotation were not game journalists. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a big deal. I, I think the fact of the matter is, is this game has become so big so fast yeah. that everyone's reporting on it. People that even, you know, other industries that may not, you know, fully really kind of get gaming to an extent, or at least the, the gamer, uh, if there is such a thing. Um, and so, you know, so they're kind of from an outsider perspective, oh, this is new and slightly frightening. Um, and let me tell you why it's, why it's so frightening. Uh, and I think that's probably playing a large part of it as well. Yeah, I guess uh, journalism in regard to pop culture uh, just kind of tends that way. And um, we are looking for enthusiast uh, coverage, and and that's been rather dry. It's like a review. It's 7.5 out of 10, I think. You know, that's where... Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, that's that's what we're used to seeing about this game. What's the rest of the public say? Well, this is one game that, like you said, took off so fast that everyone has an opinion on it. Um I mean, anybody who's got their phone and they've got a smile and they're holding their phone up in front of them and they're not looking at anything in particular, you can just say catch a Pokemon and they're like, yeah. And so, I mean, we were waiting for the yeah. fairy. and there That's was, everyone. It's yeah. everyone. And it's like this mom just, oh, really? There is she, so she tells her daughter, do you want to go out there? Because my wife had caught like a f- Magikarp. <laughs> just turns out like, <laughs> I said, oh, that's like the most worthless Pokemon. Like I know that much about Pokemon. And she goes, yeah, mm-hmm. look at this description. It says it's like the most worthless Pokemon. It just Because it turns into Gyarados, man. <laughs> yeah, I said, I think, you have to, <laughs> I think you have to upgrade it a lot and then it becomes awesome. But for now, it's yeah. nothing. Um, but anyways, yes, it's everywhere. Um, and um, I mean, I, people Well, they said within the gym. first day of it launching in, in America, it... It overtook Minecraft in popularity yeah. as far as like all-time internet searches mm-hmm. and things like that. In like two days, it overtook like pornography <laughs> as far as internet searches and web traffic yeah. went. Like, I mean, it's insane. Uh, they put out there a message like, "Please excuse uh, the servers. Currently, there are forty-seven million people trying to log in. Just give it some time." <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, yeah, it, my it, wife the, went the, to that when they uh, received the attack yesterday during the global launch. My wife was like, "Oh, like there was a." There was a Pokemon right here. I shouldn't have disconnected because she she went to go use her phone to do something else. And you know, you mm-hmm. said because it eats data so fast. Um, she said, but it, it actually she, doesn't do bad on data. It, it pulls. Uh, I think someone said like six megabytes of an, an hour. Maybe I misspoke. It's it's her battery life. So but I it pulls it battery. Yeah. 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 Um, so she she has her background apps turned off, and so it, mm. it basically shuts down Pokemon Go. When she goes to do something else, she comes back, she has to reload, and then she can't reconnect to the servers. So now she's actually, it's affected her cell phone usage. She's now going to re-enable um, background apps to run 
uh, continuously. I don't think it runs in the background either. I oh, mean, okay. I, I don't think I think it has to be focused for it to for it oh, to work. Okay. But uh, yeah, and I'm not sure if that's a limitation of the technology or uh, if it's a limitation of of how data is transferred or, or whatever. But it is a constant stream service, which is kind of what's chewing the battery. And the fact that your screen has to be on the whole time, mm-hmm. that's probably what's yeah. chewing a majority yeah. of the battery because the screen is the most power hungry. Um, but yeah, and, you know, it kind of, along those lines, you were saying that you were at this fair and you started talking to people. I went to, uh, f- so I, Saturday night, I went to some friend's house. Uh, we were just going to hang out at their place. And when I got there, everyone was getting ready to leave. I'm like, where's everyone going? I just got here. <laughs> And they're like, oh, well, we're, there's a festival going on. We're going to walk and catch Pokemon and stuff because there's all these Pokestops and lures and stuff like that. So there was like, let's just turn this into a Pokemon thing. Uh, and so I was like, all right, fine. And what was interesting <laughs> is that uh, – so this is – it's called Canal Days. It's uh, it's for Canal Fulton, a, a little tiny town. It's where I grew up actually. Uh, and – it's it's kind of been dwindling as far as how many people are there. It's it's a small town fair, right? Mm-hmm. It's your classic whatever. Uh, think uh, think the Sandlot, uh, that little block right. party they had. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, Mayberry Field, exactly. <laughs> and it was not only just packed; it was <laughs> packed with Pokemon players, like. And everyone was hanging out and everyone, it was like so weird. It's so surreal. Like, you know, this, I hate to use that this day and age, everyone's so cynical, right? Because this day and age is every day and age. People just forget that, you know, it's always been kind of like this. But like, it's weird driving down the road at like eight or nine at night and seeing 50 people on the sidewalk Mm -hmm. all walking together playing this game. All sorts of people, kids to 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 adults, seniors, whoever, you know. Right. It's just kind of odd. Do you remember uh, growing up and it being like that in the summer times all the time? Before, you know, I'm talking like when you were like a little kid. Do you remember like a bunch of little kids just running around until sunset? Were you? At I mean, uh, I I I did that. I mean, we grew up again in Canal Fault, uh-huh. really small. But I mean, I, it depends on how young you're talking. Uh, See, maybe I, yeah, I grew twelve up or the, thirteen. Yeah. So I grew up in the seventies and eighties. Uh, but in the seventies, I remember there would be a group of kids in the neighborhood on a, on a summer uh, evening. There'd be uh, maybe twelve to twenty of them, just running around from as soon as they all got up until the sun was down and they just roved in packs. And that was com- considered normal. Um, they yeah. were unsupervised. I'm talking from the ages of four to about nine. That's how old these kids were. They're not, there's no. Oh yeah. That's no, pretty unheard of. Yeah. And I wonder, I don't think it will ever go back to that ever again. Um, but we've become so used to not seeing people out and about that it would be, that it seems Something must be up if we see people around. It could Pokemon be the start of of augmented reality or alternate reality gaming or just gaming in general that it becomes normal to see people out and about in their neighborhoods again and not I guess just social gaming maybe yeah, is a good term for yeah it. instead of just I we drove home got out of our cars went right inside and closed the doors locked the doors that's it uh, it didn't used to be like that and uh, now I sound really old um, but. It really, I do, within living memory, remember when uh, people used to sit out on their porches and greet each other as people just kind of walked by um, talking to one another, and then the kids would be running around with water balloons and stuff like that. I, I've not mm-hmm. seen that in any neighborhood since, uh, I don't know, like 1988. 
it just kind of stopped. Um, Actually, that was still pretty common yeah. in Canal Fulton. It's yeah. a small, small town, but uh, but no, I mean in general, yeah, you, you don't really see that. And, but what's so neat about this is that you know, unlike the, maybe the story that you you said, in this situation, they're all kind of strangers. They don't really know each other, right. and there's adults there with the kids, uh-huh. and all. I mean, so it really is like a whole kind of societal thing. It's not just a bunch of kids running around. It's it's right. and, you know, my son. And there, that's where the caution needs to come in. It's like, this is great. People are engaging each other. But sometimes there are predators, so you just have to your eyes wide oh, open. Oh, sure. Are kids, you know, educated yeah. to understand uh, what's considered safe and not safe? Yeah, so I I get why some people might be like, oh, this is kind of unnerving. That Well, someone wrote a, a sort of an interesting story anecdote that I was reading earlier today in preparation for the for this, uh, where they, they were out and about um, – they weren't playing Pokemon Go or something, but they got a, a notification uh, uh, that it was a female. She got a notification. I think her mom was sick or, or something. She had to run home. So she starts running home right after she gets a text message. And uh, apparently a few people around her thought she spotted some rare Pokemon. So they started following her. <laughs> oh. And so she thought she was being chased. Uh, and then she runs into her house and they're standing outside like, where's the Pokemon? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort. Of, I mean, there's a lot of stories like that. Well, there was one really negative guy uh, writing because he was mad that you have to actually walk to walk in the game. He's like, you should just be able to walk in the game. And it's like, ah, oh, you're kind of missing the point <laughs> right, yeah. a little bit, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the type of people when the Wii came out that they would just sit on the couch and just sort of flick the wrist and supposed to uh, standing up and doing the motion. Right. Well, that's an interesting topic about uh, gamers who would say, like, this is an interesting game. I want to play it, but I wish there were either a replacement or an addition that allowed me to play it like a traditional game. Um, sure. Is this really um, a traditional game or is it really a product of uh, Google? You know, the, the background of this game, I think it started as a, an April Fool's joke. I remember seeing a like the fake prototype of this like what was it like 2 years ago or something do you But remember? it was a it was a yeah it was a, it was a Google April Fool's Right well the, and everyone was posting about that Google's an then, investor in Niantic so um, Well yeah I mean you know it's Google Maps driving yeah, all this right, stuff because the points Ma- of interest in Google Maps right. are the Poco stops Right and the and the the head honcho um that developed this is the guy who did Google Earth So mm-hmm. um there's a huge connect there's a long roadmap from, hey, uh, we're going to make um, something massively online that everybody can uh, get online. Mm-hmm. I think he even started with MMOs and then sold that to uh, 3DO Corporation, uh, Trip Hawkins. That's the, when he was doing a little console that didn't make it. And then he joined Google to uh, superimpose satellite imagery on top of Google Maps mm-hmm. and then tried to make that... Uh, reality uh, part of a game and so they have a game that i think if you play them both at the same time you can get a, a sensor where the hotspots are going to be for pokemon because they're using the same data and one game reveals uh the hotspots which, which game is that uh then i knew the name and then it just flopped right out of oh, so, some other game it's, it's a game it's interesting it's not it's their other game it's their, the one that precedes pokemon go it's the oh, same okay. pre- well, it's the same premise that. it's the same premise go around in a, around to the real world find these stops or um 
places of interest. Um, player input uh, determines popularity. And, uh, yeah, so you know it's funny too because this is not a new concept in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I don't. I, I think I was telling you about this the um, the zombie game that I played like three years ago, where you know it's it's GPS based. You mm-hmm. are a human. There are a few people who are zombies. If you get close to a human as a zombie, you you can bite them, and then the human gets a notification you've been bitten. You've got two hours to get a health kit before you become a zombie, and. It was like real-time analytic data. You can sit there and watch a map and just watch the zombie infection spread, mm. you know. Uh, and it used augmented reality as well. You could find these glyphs that when you point your phone at it, they turn into health kits and then allowed you to cure your zombieism and get back to being a human. Mm-hmm. And whoever, like, stayed human the longest or whatever was deemed a survivor and you got prizes or something like that. Uh, so, I mean, it's not the first of this tech, but I remember when I saw that, I thought, that's great if you live in a major city, but, you know, it's... It, Things like this won't catch on massively uh, until you can get it in a lot of people's hands. And Pokemon Go seemed to do that overnight. Yeah. It's really impressive tech. Yeah. They let the mapping uh, systems mature, and then they worked on a game that was uh, fully featured and of uh, pretty polished quality. And then they found the right IP and the right season. Um, mm-hmm. Because you imagine if this came out at Christmas, who's going to go outside in Christmas? And they're like, yeah, it's too Right, cold, exactly. Right? And I'm it, wondering, will this survive till spring? Yeah. Once, right. once winter hits, people stop playing. Will they pick it back up? Yeah, this is the real test. Um, is this another Drossom or is this going to be um, a sustained lawn burn uh, kind of thing like um, Candy Crush or uh, – uh, Clash of Clans, all those things, those other mobile games that have had really long runs. Yeah, I mean, physicality in games comes with this limitation, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure in places like Southern California, um, that won't be a problem. But, uh, but, you know, places like Northern Canada, you right. know, right. It may not, they may stop playing. So it'll be, you're right, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that and to, to see do people keep playing you know how does that sort of last and how does that go and right does um, this become does like it a survive sport? yeah is it is it like something akin to hockey it's like hockey you have to live in a northern climb and it's only during the winter that it's that people really play it is pokemon go going to be a summertime thing only it's uh, geocaching yeah. basically right. yeah our southern yeah. california is going to be the dominant pokemon go players right <laughs> well you know so that yeah so it's, you're right you know because this game, and I've sort of been noticing this from a, from a, a game design standpoint, mm-hmm. you don't – if you are not in the first wave, you don't really stand a chance, right? Um, if you think about it, if everyone's kind of growing at more or less a constant rate, granted, the higher up you get, the slower you grow, but everyone's still growing. Let's right. say every day everyone can get – 10,000 experience points, eventually that 10,000 will stop leveling you so Mm -hmm. much, but it's still the same inlet, right? Right. Since I am now behind the people that started before me, Uh you know, as I get more powerful, they too are getting more powerful. Uh So I will never actually catch them. So the gyms will just continue to get harder and harder and harder, and I'll never actually be able to... To participate, you make a very. I mean, it's that way now. Yeah. I I can't I can't take even in a my small little town area, uh-huh. the gyms. I mean the 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 Pokemon that are holding the gyms are like five or six times the power of mine, mm-hmm. and it's like, all right, what can I possibly hope to contribute here? That's interesting 
I've never heard of anyone researching this formally, but I wonder if there's a way to look at, I guess you'd call that a gaming economy, right? Um, mm-hmm. And um, social constructs in our real world. Like once, if you've entered this country when the economy was growing or the job market when the economy was growing and you've been in it first or longer than the new people coming in, you will always be ahead and be able to leverage more capital against the incoming crowd. Old money, yeah. Old money, and it becomes really hard to be competitive. And therefore, this idea of um, the idea of living in a democratic society uh, falls away because it's like, well, there's this idea of aristocracy. I inherited this, or I developed this, and I'm able to leverage it over and over and over again against sure. anyone. And in, to in real up. life, we. In real life, we have disruptors, right? Mm-hmm. So you might be this old money, well-established, but there's always new industry. There's always mm-hmm. new this. There's always new ideas and new markets. So I have a way to get there, right? Um, and, you know, if it so happens that eventually Pokemon comes up, they add a system to this game by which I can fight NPC-only gyms uh-huh. to to boost my power. Mm-hmm. Not So I can boost my power against a set milestone as opposed to a, an opponent who will always be a percentage higher than me, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what I do, assuming we grow at the same rate. Um, I mean, and you could see this in, in classic MMO games. Let's, let's compare World of Warcraft to, say, Dark Souls, right? World of Warcraft has a cap. There's a highest level. Once you hit that, then you can't continue growing. That's everyone mm-hmm. else's chance to catch up. Mm-hmm. And once they get there and you're all at the cap, even playground, then it's all about skill and things like that. Um, versus like say a Dark Souls where you can just keep leveling. <laughs> and so eventually like even you'll be like, I'm a level 105 and someone who's like 275 mm-hmm. just rolls up, stomps you and moves on. It's like, okay, <laughs> I could not have won that fight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and so... And you know you can make it harder to level and things like that, but the idea is that your 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 power continues to grow. Uh, and so, will we see that with this game, or will they put things in this game eventually? Once the initial, because if you edit it right now, it would kill the game, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, everyone's in that initial sprint. Uh, but once the sprint dies down and it turns into a marathon, right? They have to add things to uh, bring the they they need to add that blue shell, right? right? Something that allows the player at the back to catch <laughs> up a little bit, at least, to the player in the front. Uh, without that, there's no point. Uh, no one will play because you'll never catch up. Right. Uh, this, yeah. This gaming, social gaming, is definitely more synchronous, in a sense, than traditional gaming, and that uh, it's sort of like catching the new episode of Star Wars during um, its initial week, right? You want to be part of that almost like it's an event. Otherwise, mm-hmm. things get spoiled for you or it, the magic is gone. Whereas with this kind of game, uh, I need to be there when we're all, like you're saying, sprinting uh, to level ourselves up. Otherwise, it just be it's just kind of like a grind and all the discoveries already been made. And Yeah, like a, a new player four months from now uh-huh. might still enjoy the game, but it won't be nearly kind of as magical, so to mm-hmm. speak. Because they won't be part of that big excitement. And at that point, like you said, all of the things will have been figured out. Uh, So there won't be new things to discover. Everything's going to be like, oh, yeah, you go here at this time and you'll get that. And, Uh you know, and that that allows you to power game. uh, But that 
kind of takes away from the exploration a bit. So, it you know what if it was if it was up to me and in yeah this was my game you know who knows what their plans are, but I would almost do seasons of content right. So we're in the sprint season mm-hmm. one, and, and yeah. there's a, a, a an artificial cap. Everyone hits it. You get your Pokemon, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, we're like, okay, season two, and we just push the cap out. And so again, it's that sprint again. And mm-hmm. oh, what's this? What's that? Yeah. Let's let's explore. Let's find. Let's get the new Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Let's, and you know, that's probably what they're gonna do. I mean, this game only has the original games Pokemon. It doesn't have all of them, right? Mm-hmm. And so I mean, I think it's like 150, maybe uh, somewhere in there. Uh, which means there's like 600 more they can add at their leisure. Right. So, I mean, there's a lot of growth potential. Um, and, you know, and that's probably what they're planning or whatever. I'm just saying, like, at this outlook, that's what I would suggest is done to keep keep the economy of the game and the interest of the game flowing mm-hmm. as opposed to uh, say, oh, okay, there's no use. Do you think this is the kind of game that, let's say, it just for whatever reason doesn't um – suit Nintendo to continue supporting it anymore, that if they decided to not operate it anymore, turn off its servers, that um, it could somehow be reproduced or preserved in some fashion if it's using Google data to say like, oh, we're going to pick it up and continue it so that people can experience it. I doubt it. it. I mean, there's there's so many algorithms that go into it that people would be guessing at. And all of the data, all of it lives on on servers. So it's not like it could even really be broken apart from your client really that much. I mean, it would be really hard to do, not to mention that you get sued like okay. crazy. So I'm, um, I'm curious because um, was it just a month or so ago, maybe it was two months ago, when uh, there were the van- – maybe we had even talked about this in a previous episode, the vanilla war- uh, World of Warcraft folk who are running their mm-hmm. own server. How is that – how did they accomplish that? And how is Pokemon Go Pro- different? Probably a hacked version. Of, I mean, I don't. I don't. I'm making assumptions here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A hacked That's version of the software or a leaked version of the server. Um, I mean, we're talking now. Vanilla WoW is 2004, right? Mm-hmm. That was a different internet back then. Uh, and you know, maybe they someone stole some hardware with the install copy of it. Someone you know, access the server in some way or or ripped it from a client or who knows, right? Okay. Maybe a lot of the code existed client side back then. Um, you know, I imagine it's not as easy anymore. Uh, but uh, but you, you never know. But I, I highly doubt I highly doubt it, it could be re recreated. Well not recreated it, it, this game could exist as a pirated mm-hmm. thing. Sure someone could sit down and just rebuild the software. Um, however, you know, not legally and, um, there'd be, uh, it wouldn't be worth it to do that, to put in that much effort to just get sued. Right. Um, so this really is an experience that, um, you can't own. You, you're just using the app. You're, it's not like, like the money you put into it to, to buy Pokeballs or whatever the expendables, they're, they really are just consumables. You don't think of them as ownership. Like I'm buying this thing to own forever and ever it's as long as this game exists um i can play yeah it, i mean clash royales that yeah, way or clash right. of clans or right. any other persistent online mobile game um yeah i mean at, at any point uh they could just stop building any mobile game really you're all mm-hmm. just, you're just borrowing software right um i mean realistically i mean if i bought a new phone or had to uninstall a game and i went to reinstall it and they'd taken it off the market then that's that. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter that I, I bought mm-hmm. it 
before it's off the market. I can't reinstall it. It's gone. Um, and that's that's modern game software. Everything that's not on a disc, which I think is why so many people were afraid to give up the discs, right? Mm-hmm. Because you own the disc. You own that game. You don't right. need it hosted anywhere. Right. You, you own it. Um, but, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't really happen. Storage is cheap, right? right. Um, if, you know, if... If the servers are shut down and you own the disk or whatever, it's still not going to help you. Uh, and so that's a pretty common – I mean, if they stopped uh, all of the StarCraft servers, you know, it wouldn't matter that you own the game. Uh, there's not really much you could do at all anymore. You couldn't really play okay. it. So, And it's kind of the same deal. Yeah, it's just a paradigm shift, uh, I think, for a lot of us as consumers is you're not – and in fact, I guess we were never really legally buying the software. We were buying a license to the software. It's just that mm-hmm. no one ever came into your house to take away the physical software disk so that you couldn't continue to run the, the software. But now everything being online and live and software as a service. Uh, we really but I would say that shift happened four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. I think the shift is over and I don't think anyone even noticed it really. I mean, the fact of the matter is that's just kind of status quo. People don't think of, I'm going to buy this um, uh, this item this in this game, this mobile mm-hmm. game or whatever, and I'm going to liken that to buying this toy. It's more of, oh, I'm going to buy this thing on this game, and I'm going to liken this to a cup of coffee or going and seeing a movie. Uh-huh. Things you don't keep. Mm-hmm. Things that do not persist, mm-hmm. right? And that's where it's like, okay, I'm I'm – I'm just going to, you know, I could go see a movie for 10 bucks. I'll spend 5 bucks and get 10 hours of enjoyment out of this mobile game. Right. Mm-hmm. Done. Easy, right? right, right? right. It, it's consumable, expendable experience. Right. They so yeah, you're right. People think of it as like like you were saying going to a movie. I didn't buy the movie. I bought a ticket to go see the movie. I'm buying a ticket to see this new unit in this game. I may not play this game forever, but it was only Two bucks. So. And you get to keep your ticket however yeah. long you right, want. Right, right? right. That piece of paper, that's right. yours forever. Right. right. Uh, that's but true. It's, yeah, exactly. And that's that's kind of what you've got here. So um, yeah, I mean and I think people just accept that. But I it, think it's well, have do we really accept it? Because we haven't had like a Candy Crush or a Clash of Clans or a Pokemon Go shut down yet. Like this massive. Yes, we pop- have. Which one? We had Star Wars Galaxy shut down. Oh. And thousands upon thousands of players were still playing it. Well, and but, they said we're shutting down the okay, servers. Okay, but that's I guess game you know what bought. you're right. You know what they don't shut down until there's only thousands upon thousands. As long as yeah, they would mil- never shut down. As long as there's still a million upon a million, they're not going to shut it down. Yeah, it's no. only to the point where the number of voices are small that they would bother to do it. And at that point, we don't miss it until maybe 20 years later. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you remember when gaming was like this and you can't, and they're like, well, unless it's a, there's a YouTube video of it. No, I don't remember it because there's yeah, no way yeah. to experience it again. Or an emulator or, or something. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, and that's well, like you were saying, is, but we won't be able to emulate Pokemon go in 20 years. Well, if, that's true. No, 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 yeah, that's, that's true. This is, we're yeah. at a, at that point where gaming history will not be able, we won't be able to preserve it as a playable experience. No, I, I disagree because the amount of data that we're using now, mm-hmm. while small, right, will be insignificant in 20 years. There would be no reason to take these games offline, 
right? You Someone could just spin up a server that's all of these classic games, licensed, pay a nickel mm-hmm. to access, or nickels be gone by oh, and pay $100 because yeah. of yeah. inflation. But And the, the resources required to run the entire world's Pokemon Go uh-huh. servers – 20 years from now will be a thumb drive, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it'll be like, yeah, sure, just run that. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, at least that's uh, that's a okay. guess. Who knows? We might all just be Ash by then. I have no idea. <laughs> but uh, – and not not the Pokemon catcher Ash. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, but if emulators work because our powerful is so – our hardware is so powerful now uh-huh. that we could take a huge performance hit to pretend to be other hardware to play games from the past because that hardware was so weak that mm. we can emulate that hardware and play those games even right. though it's massively inefficient. It doesn't matter right. because our stuff is so powerful as a result, right? Right. 20 years from now, Niantic might say, hey, let's do Pokemon Go Classic Edition, you know, and one server and, you know, everyone just sort of pings into that and it, you know, what what's, what's uh, like six megabytes an hour going to be in the future? When, you know, I pull down that in no time now, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and so, I don't, you know, I, I don't I don't know that that will happen. But I also don't think we're at this end of an era mm-hmm. and these, you know, this this death of the way it works. I just think, you know, it's going to kind of be business as usual. Uh, what that business is slightly changes, but the concept of retro gaming will always be there. I mean, look at Pokemon Go to begin with. The only reason this game is so popular is because it's Pokemon. If it had been a new IP, this game would not be what it is. Uh, it's because it was like, oh, man, remember when we used to play that? I mean, this is not a, a kid game right. because you're not giving a five-year-old a phone and saying, hey, go outside and play. I'll see you in a few hours. Uh-huh. These are These are teenagers and adults mostly people that grew up with Pokemon already. And yeah, a lot of times their kids are with them, you know, and their kids are enjoying it and stuff. But without the adult there, the kid's not out there. This is basically an adult-targeted game. Uh, And it's because of that retro nostalgia that it's so popular. So I'm going to put this out there. Here's a a prediction. There's some 15-year-old kid right now playing Pokemon Go. And because of what you just said, that there will be an ability to keep these servers running forever uh, so long as there's a party interested in you know purchasing the rights to do so or willing to invest to do so because it seems like it's almost trivial in the future to do so um, mm-hmm. there'll be some kid who will play it continuously for like 30 40 years and um, as there's no disruptor in the economy game economy, their, their trainer will be so powerful that they will <laughs> that they will be that the train the account will have significant value. It'll be like one of those swords in Dungeons and Dragons that takes how whatever would you say like they're those seventy five years. Seventy five years to craft, right? <laughs> this trainer took forty years to craft and I want to bequeath it. Their but account course, is so powerful they can take over the servers. <laughs> well <laughs> the servers I, are their do you gym. Think there could be like there would be like a legal Claim like I know according to the user agreement I'm not supposed to transfer this account or give my password to anybody, but I mm-hmm. want my kids to have this memory of me. This trainer is amazing, <laughs> and I don't want all <laughs> those years of effort to go to waste. This well, this at this thing is valuable, and it possibly, shouldn't. but but there's also these, and I don't even know if they're intentional or whatever. But there's these systems in place that sort of prevent that from happening now, right? Um, 
look at Destiny. The same could kind of be said for Destiny, right? Um, especially with like numerical loot that's programmatically generated, could constantly just become more powerful. Mm-hmm. But they're preventing that from happening. I don't know whether intentionally or in- unintentionally with Destiny 2, mm-hmm. right? And so in 30 years, that kid won't be playing Pokemon Go. They'll be playing Pokemon Go Go, uh, which is the retro version of Pokemon Go. Like, hey, remember Pokemon Go? Here's uh, the yeah. new version that lets you remember yeah. Pokemon Go. But now it's Pokemon Go 2 or whatever, right? Yeah. And and so that that will be the atrophy of the system. Mm-hmm. I mean, people will stop playing. Um, that's just inevitable, which means servers are going to be downsized, hardware yeah. will be deallocated, uh, and then they'll say, you know what? There's the, just there's limitations to the software of this first game. Maintaining it and upgrading it is too expensive. It would be cheaper to build Pokemon Go 2 mm-hmm. with a whole new code base with all of these new features and functionalities built in at the core. And so then they launch Pokemon 2, and whether you can transfer your account or whatever, who knows? But that is where that stopgap lies, where mm-hmm. I don't just keep growing on one game. Like, if I go back, Ultima is still being played. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, those people are massively powerful at this point, but who cares? Because there's <laughs> only, there are literally dozens of them, you know? Like, it doesn't matter. And so that's kind of what we're going to experience. And we do that, we experience that with games all the time. Yeah. You're giving me flashbacks to the uh, Matrix trilogy. Uh, why? How am I doing that? Because it's like, isn't that the central theme? It's, it's because like, of my white braids, right? You know, every, my long white ghostly <laughs> braids. <laughs> no, it's just that every <laughs> every um, cycle they they have to like, you know, it's it's become burdensome. Let's just reboot the thing and rebuild it from scratch. Uh, yeah, the, the cycle foundation. of the one. Yeah. So that 15-year-old kid in 30 years will be the one in Pokemon Go. He'd be unstoppable. <laughs> and so they have to reboot the servers. Right, right. It's like this Facilitate is the one. There's literally just dozens of them playing. We want millions of people playing, so let's reboot the system. Uh, mm-hmm. Nature yeah. works the same way, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's you got to level the playing field or people yeah. aren't going to play. Yeah. And, uh, and what better way than a reboot or a franchise restart or uh-huh. a new a sequel game? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, and I'm not saying that would happen this time, but the fact of the matter is, is that with the exception of World of Warcraft, I can't think of a single game that's lasted so long that it wasn't a sequel. I mean, World of Warcraft right. has been expansions, but right. never sequels. Right. And it's probably the longest running prime game like that. I can't think of another example that's still so kind of mainstream. Let's um, clarify this. Um, is there a technical difference between, say, a big expansion and a full-blown sequel? Is it a sequel mean you have a new engine or in your mind, or is it a new storyline that breaks away from the original characters? Like, what's, what divides sequel from expansion in your mind? So, like, an, an expansion is kind of like the expansion on a home, right, where the foundation is still mm-hmm. the same. And so I can keep adding on to my house, and eventually it's got to be Frankenhouse mm-hmm. because it's all built on the same original utilities, the original foundation, the mm-hmm. original, all that stuff. Or I can go out to a fresh plot of land. I can put down a brand new foundation that's going to facilitate all of my current needs, 
and I can build a house just as big, but I can do it better because I learned mm-hmm. from my past experiences and I know where I need all my new water and my new power and my new this and that. Not only that, but there's new technologies. I know there's this new piping that's going to be more efficient for my plumbing. There's new power. I can put Ethernet cables in the walls now or the whole house can be mm-hmm. Wi-Fi or whatever. Um, and so it allows me to upgrade my whole tech and build things neater and cleaner. And then I start tacking crap onto that new house until eventually right. that's a Franken house. Right. And then I move on to a new one again. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a great, that's a great analogy. cycle. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that really is a good one. <laughs> you know, and I'll extend that one a bit. Um, and building that new home can leverage the old home in that when you built the original home, you're like, God, to make the concrete for the foundation, we had to bring pre-mixed concrete. There was no water supply here yet. So we had to bring everything from outside. Now that we have this old Franken house, we can leverage it to help us build the new house. The new plot of Mm -hmm. land is just next door. We can just run a hose from the plumbing of this old house to the new one and use that for a while until we're uh, ready to um, uh, install the or turn on the water in in the new house and use its supply. Um, Whereas before we had to truck it in all that water. Um, And you know what? In that new house... You're going to sit around and go, oh, remember the old house? <laughs> right. That was so great. Right. Like, remember that? Oh, man, yeah. that was so awesome. Uh-huh. But if you had to go back and live at the old house, you'd be like, oh, my God, what is this? Yeah. It's terrible. Right. Um, yep. That That's gaming. Yeah. That is and also, gaming. yeah. And, and, you, and you think of a house it's like, well, it's my house. I own it. No one can take it away from me. I'll always live here. No one can change this experience. Uh, well, the public utility company decided to shut down service to the street. You have no water. You have no electricity. You have no garbage service. Do you still want to live in this house? It could be physically the same house, but you don't want to mm-hmm. live there anymore because something got shut off. You know, that other end, that the server side, so to speak. Changed. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so, we, yeah, we're holding on to this idea, or I am at least, this idea of f- owning a game, but it's like owning a house when... You don't that, really own you your house. The yeah. bank does right, right. until you pay it off. And even then, you're still at the whim of nature and arsonists and, <laughs> the utility, you know what I'm saying? Right, and, like, and, yeah. and continuous service from utility companies, et cetera, And et you still have to pay your taxes mm-hmm. on it. And if you don't do that, the government will take yeah. it. I mean, so you don't ever really own your house. Just like with games, you don't ever really own the game. I can own the disc, but if the console stops being manufactured, mm-hmm. the disc doesn't help me anymore. Mm-hmm. Um Yep. So that that pretty much encompasses the truth about <laughs> gaming and yeah. our very deep house metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is that this house has no Pokemon Go stops in it. I know. Well, I'm wondering <laughs> if you can submit to the Google Maps API a point of interest and get it turned into a Pokestop. Because that's where it drives that right. data, right? And you know they don't manually check all mm-hmm. of them. That's right. impossible. And so... I know if you can you buy like a somehow lure. got it. You, you know, know about but lures, what I'm saying right? is, yeah, I know about lures. lures. First off, lures can only be put at poker stops. Oh, right? okay. You said make a pokey stop. Might make a pokey uh-huh. stop, right? Which is basically just a point of interest, uh-huh. right? Uh, if you look at Google Maps and you find uh, like POIs, points of interest, uh-huh. and then you look at uh, Pokemon Go, you notice, hey, there's a correlation uh-huh. here. Uh, and so if I could register. I'll put a stick in my front yard and call it a monument <laughs> right. and, uh, and label it as a POI in Google Maps. And all of a sudden, will that trickle trickle down and become a Pokestop? Wow. Yeah. If there is a way to do that. And then you can uh, – um, 
install a turnstile in front of it, saying it's just a penny to come through this turnstile, but it's a registered Pokestop right here in your own neighborhood. You can start to mm. generate income from your uh, physical location. They could just stand outside of it and hit it. <laughs> I mean, there's a pretty big radius there. All right. I mean, so, I, I so set it at the fences. end of a long driveway. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, there are options there. But I don't know. Anything else you wanted to say about no, Pokemon Go? No, I think for me, what's more interesting than the game itself is the idea of like, this is a new kind of application, a new kind of software. It's it's uh, part of pop culture. It's getting a lot of scrutiny right now. But I think it, it there's going to, there are going to be long-term play consequences for us to think about. Like, like we were talking about, you do, it's a service. Um, you don't actually own these Pokemon uh, and you don't own the cartridge like you did in the past. But what does that really mean? I think it's going to drive hardware. I think they're going to start manufacturing lower power consumption GPSs. You know what my uh, yes. at, it was, you know what my wife predicted? Portable huh. uh, power packs, the little batteries that you can buy for your phones. Like when you're go- doing a road trip, it stores about eight hours yeah. worth of charge. Those sales of those are going to go through the roof. You know, I'm surprised there isn't an Ash Ketchum hat with solar panels on top. Yeah. That you just plug into your hat, which pulls the sun and charges your phone. <laughs> you got to go on Reddit right now. Type in, where, I can I f- where can I find an Ash Pokemon hat with solar power, blah, blah, blah. And you, you'll probably find it on sale already. Or someone will make uh, it Etsy. for you. Yeah, Etsy. It'll be Etsy. Etsy. <laughs> just glued to the top. <laughs> uh, well, that's, uh, th- th- yeah, this is good. We, we, we filled our time. <laughs> Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we start um, wrapping it up? No, no, only that it seems to be a, like a Nintendo week. Their stock is going through the roof, and um, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to actually picking up the, that little portable, not portable, um, the uh, retro uh, um, NES system that's coming up. Yeah, for the little tiny yeah, handheld. Uh, with 30, yep. 30 games on. Okay, this is a big commercial for Nintendo this whole episode. but uh. Which is funny because <laughs> Nintendo's name isn't anywhere on Pokemon Go. <laughs> really? Nope. Yeah, it's Niantic. Yeah. So, uh, so there you go. I'm gonna throw uh, a commercial out there too. Made with Unity. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> was it? You know what? Actually, that was going to be a question I had. Was how could a a general generalist piece of software like Unity or Unreal produce a game competitive with something like Pokemon Go, which uses such customized data and et cetera, et cetera? But maybe that's a, a topic we can discuss next time. Because it sounds mm-hmm. like it can be I, done. I have to actually go and check and see if I'm allowed to say that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So it could be redacted. This whole thing could be redacted. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you know, it, you know, it. Pokemon Go is in and of itself a general piece of software. I mean, it's not really cutting the edge of any gaming. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a map. It's a GPS app, app. <laughs> yes, right? It, With it's a GPS it. app. Yep. Yep. Pretty much. It's, so, yeah. It, you know, it's funny. It's you were telling me many moons ago about uh, the Japanese culture having mascots for like every municipality or city or whatever. Yep. And I wonder if like this is another evolution is going to be like all these local points of interest, all these little towns, all these communities, well, all these fairs. There have been hardcore rivalries between the three teams. Ah. Do you know yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, team Mystic Valor, Team Instinct, uh, yeah. Mystic, and Team yeah, Instinct. Yeah. yeah. It's uh I think the first bit of violence we're going to see over Pokemon Go is going to be <laughs> over over cuz it's that it's that mob mentality. Right. Yep. Right? Yep. That's what it is. I mean, that's that's how the Nazis became what the Nazis were. <laughs> it didn't start off right. as the Nazis. It you know, then not to say that this is going to cause the Fourth Reich or anything like that, but that's 
people start feeling a lot of pride and competitiveness and yada 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 there's yep. a hate crime yep. you know and uh and <laughs> it only, i hope it doesn't it only, yeah long story short someone's dead i hope it doesn't come to that that's yeah. silly that's stupid because your team doesn't matter at all and not not like if it mattered it doesn't matter UK, man. But, that snippet of you saying something about yada yada yeah that's going to get quoted in some mainstream pop article <laughs> or podcast and it's going to become the thing that you dread which is oh my god pokemon go negative article and it's quoting me and it only took us 57 minutes into the episode to come to Nazis. I try to keep them, I try to keep them in the loop. I got the Nazis on, on my speed dial. Just be like, oh, remember the Nazis? Um, I, <laughs> along those lines, Kotaku took one of my stick figure drawings for an article. What? Really? I saw – I was reading an article on Kotaku uh-huh. and it had one of my drawings on it. And I was like, son of a bitch. From a presentation? I made it. Yeah? No, it was a stick figure drawing that I used for a, um, a video I did online. Oh, okay. Which means they screen capped it. Yeah. And, and took it. and uh, That's dirty. Publishers. Kind, kind of proud. A little yeah. bit proud. I finally made uh-huh. it. Kotaku is stealing my stick figures uh-huh. for articles. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure the hate crime quote will be <laughs> not great. So maybe uh, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna redact it. Freedom of speech. Uh, but uh, what what okay. I mean is, I hope that doesn't happen. But if I had to guess in some way that this would be turned into a real negative experience, yeah, it would be people taking the team rivalries in a non fun way, right. taking it too far. Just like uh, people taking their um, their uh, Call of Duty or their Halo. Um, matches yep. too far, and then they they swat somebody or something like that. We're going to see something like that. But this is that. worse because this is a persistent yeah. team. Yeah. In Call of Duty, the teams are always right. changed up right. and stuff like that. Right. This is you know pe- you see people already like right. tagging Team Valor yeah. on the side of a building and things like that. And uh, it'll be you know and you get seven or eight of the same team hanging out, and someone from a different team comes up, starts bat- like trying to take the gym. You know, <laughs> you know, there's going to be some insults and some uh, like jets and the sharks, man. Okay, basically, basically. With that happy note, let's end episode sixteen. <laughs> end it with a hate crime. All right, uh, that's that's what I always say. Um, <laughs> so that's my motto. Worst podcast anyway, ever. <laughs> worst podcast ever. <laughs> Well, this has been uh, Mike's Video Game Podcast, episode 16, the Pokemon Go Hate Crime Edition. Uh, I'm Mike Guy. And I'm Mike Woop. And uh, this has been the worst podcast ever. (laughs) See you next time.